Ovagyana Tumirandhasya Gyanam Jana Shalakaya Chakshur Militam Yena Tatsmai Shri Gurudeva Maha Shri Bhagavatam Kanta 2, Chapter 6, Text 27 Lord Brahma is describing the process of sacrifice which is centered on Lord Vishnu Narayana Vishnu means Narayana another name for the same person ultimately that means Krishna Krishna is the original source of Narayana now Prabhupada is stressing here in the purport how Brahma is putting the emphasis on the person Lord Vishnu not that the sacrifice is ultimately offered to some impersonal goal. This is a common misunderstanding because sacrifices, they are offered and various demigods are... Can you cover for this? How is that flower in here? It's Mahawad. Drink that piece of flower and choke on it. Hmm. So there are different demigods that are called to take part in the sacrifice. We read in Srimad Bhagavatam how different demigods are called. Just like the Daksha Yogi, all the demigods were there. The different demigods, they are offered oblations. They may or may not personally come. But the presence of the demigods and the description of them in the Vedic literatures has often caused confusion. as to who is actually supreme. Indeed, in the Vedic literature, in the original Vedic, sometimes it is stated that Indra is supreme. Sometimes it is stated that Shiva is supreme. Sometimes it says that Agni is supreme. Sometimes it says that Vishnu is supreme. So, a superficial study of the Vedas might lead one to conclude that they are all supreme. What does that mean, they're all supreme? How can all be supreme? Supreme means above all. Therefore, it's concluded by those who don't have the proper understanding of the literature that really the supreme is impersonal. That demigods who are all this, who are variously described as being supreme, are simply manifestations of the real supreme, which is above and beyond them. Or they are bodily manifestations of that which ultimately has no body, therefore any personal Brahmachyoti is conceived of as being supreme. And even Lord Vishnu is conceived of <coughs> by such people as being simply a manifestation of an impersonal supreme which is beyond the which beyond the form which is seen. That's the general understanding. That if you see a form, then the form must be limited. Isn't it? It seems to make sense. By material understanding it makes sense that form is limited. Because, just like you see. Now I'm sitting here. So my form, that you can see, is here. But it's not in the next building. The form extends from top of the head to the bottom of the feet from the front to the back and from one side to the other. It only occupies a certain amount of space. So in this way, form is limited. Form is not all-pervasive. 
one of the <coughs> basic understandings of the Supreme Absolute is that it is all pervasive, omnipotent, uh, omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. So if we see form, that immediately appears to be limited, that you're, you're only in one place, therefore you can only know about what is going on in that one place or what is within your experience of previous journeys to other places. And you can't be omnipotent, you can't control everything. So that is a fact about material forms. The material form is only in one place. But, as regards the Supreme Absolute Truth, He is a person, which means form. But that form is not limited to the particular place that He appears to be occupying, because He simultaneously occupies all places. <coughs> he is personally present in a particular place. But his personal form is expanded everywhere. In Gita, Lord Krishna explains how the super soul is present everywhere. Everywhere are his hands and faces. Everywhere are his legs. Everywhere are his hands. He's present everywhere. The form of Krishna, who sometimes comes into this world, as we saw 5,000 years ago, also 500 years ago, Chaitanya, different incarnations of him. That form, when he comes, that can be particularly seen in particular places. Krishna was president in that. So many people saw him. Krishna was president in Dwarva. So many people saw him. Krishna is present now in his Archavigraha. People can see him. So that is the form, his original form. But that original form is also expanded in every aspect. He is present in Goloka but he's also present within the heart of every living being. He's also expanded everywhere, not only as his Paramatma form within this material world, but he's expanded everywhere as the impersonal Brahma Jyoti, which expands throughout the material and the spiritual worlds, which is non different from him. Still, the personal form of Krishna is, although, although the light is not different from him, the personal form of Krishna is supreme because that personal Brahma Jyoti expands from him, just as the sunlight expands from the sun. So the sun and the sunlight are not different, just like you may say, the sun is in this room. It means the sun globe is not in this room, but the sunlight is in this room. The sunlight is not different from the sun. Still, the sun is the source of the sunlight. So in the same way, Krishna, who is his personal form, is the source of everything, and everything is dependent upon him. And he is on this scene, and he is on this person. So how is that possible? He's omnipotent. How is that possible? Because his form is not material form. This is the misunderstanding of the impossibilities. That they think that form is limited by time and space. But Krishna's form is not. Ulangita is There are three kinds of limitation, material limitations. Space, time, and thought. But Krishna is not limited by space. He is present everywhere. He is, his personal form is there in Golok Vrindavan. 
and manifested in different places in this material world when he incarnates. But he's also simultaneously all-pervading, so he's not limited by space. He's not limited by time. He's not under the control of time. Rather, he is the controller of time. Time is a manifestation of his of his potencies. And he's not limited by thought. In other words, there's nothing that Krishna cannot do. There's nothing that we can imagine that Krishna cannot do. And there is nothing beyond his powers of thinking. There's nothing also that he cannot imagine that he cannot do. He is not controlled in any way, but he is in all aspects the supreme controller. This is knowledge of the supreme personality of God. How many times have we heard that phrase? Can you imagine? How many times have we heard this phrase? Prabhupada again and again and again stress. Krishna is the supreme personality of God. This important phrase. Purusham paramam divyam Gita, we find. This is stated about Krishna, stating about himself. Purusham paramam divyam that he is the supreme person, the supreme enjoyer. Purusham paramam Purush means person. Paramam, he is supreme. And how supreme? Not like uh, someone may be supreme in this material world. Just like Bill Clinton is supposed to be the supreme American. Uh, so he is supreme in that way. Or even among the demigods, uh, up to the heavenly planets, Indra is supposed to be supreme. Or within the universe, Brahma is supposed to be supreme. Or Shiva is considered as supreme. But they are all, their supremacy is only exhibited within the material sphere, which is not very important from Krishna's point of view. This is our mistake. We always try to judge God from our point of view. We think, who is God? He must be the creator. Because we only, we think God's greatest glory, according to the Christian understanding, God's greatest glory, the demonstration of his greatness, is that he created this material world. But that's only a very that's not his main concern. Uh, Lord Krishna states in Bhagavad Gita that Vishtabhyamidam Gritsam Ekangshenas Tatotaka that only with a tiny fragment of my power do I manifest this whole material world. It's not a very great thing for him. He is Divyam. He is beyond Divya means he is beyond this material world, beyond the Anything we can conceive of. He is the proprietor of the transcendental abode, Vaikuntha, the world beyond anxiety, that is the spiritual world. So this is the supreme absolute truth. From the very beginning of Bhagavatam, this point is stressed. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudeva. We are offering our respective obeisances to the supreme absolute truth, who is indicated by Om. The Supreme Absolute Truth is indicated by these words, Om Tat Sat, particularly Om, that is, signifies the Supreme Absolute Truth. Who is that Absolute Truth? Bhagavate, the Supreme, uh, Supreme, full of all opulence, is person. Specifically, Vasudev, not they. As some people say, I, I conceive of God in my own way. I like to think of God in my own way. I have imagined God to be this or that. 
some very strange idea that is being propagated by uh, Mayavad philosophers, Mayavad philosophers, that you can conceive of God in your own way. Because they say God is everything. Therefore you can, you imagine God as you like in your own, according to your own personal view. God is everywhere and in everything. So you, just like some people, they say, you take the deity because you want to concentrate on God. So you don't have to take the deity, you can take anything you like and imagine as well. It's a very uh, muddled idea. But actually, God is Vasudev, means Krishna, all pervading, son of Vasudev, this strange word. Uh, strange means, uh, from the material point of view, it appears to be contradictory. But he is the Vasudev means the son of Vasudev. It also means who is all pervading. And the same as the word Vishnu. Vishnu means all pervading. So, it appears to be very strange. How is Vishnu, how is Vasudev all pervading? He's the super. He is the uh, son of Vasudev. Yet he is all pervading. It seems very strange. How can a person, the son of Vasudev, be all pervading? But that is his occupation. Even the demigods, even great demigods, even great demigods cannot understand it. He is the son of Vasudev. From him, the material cosmos, creation, manifestation, and destruction is all coming about by his power. Resemblance. And everything comes from him. The Everything is manifested by him. Everything is maintained by him. Everything is enters into him at the time of destruction. That is the object of that is the point to be discussed. To be inquired about. This is the absolute. Then, what are the qualities? The whole Bhagavatam is described. What are the qualities of the Supreme Absolute Truth? The Supreme Absolute Truth is Vishnu. He is Nirankush. Supreme Absolute Truth means not under anyone's control. He is Abhigya, by his own potencies. He is automatically cognizant of everything. All the potencies of the creator. Everything is under his control. Automatically. It's not that he has to perform any austerities to attain his position of overlordship. It's not that there's any challenge to his overlordship. He is automatically in control of everything. All his energies work automatically. This is the description of the Supreme Who is that? Krishna. So, this understanding of Krishna 
This is far, far, far superior to the understanding of the Supreme as being impersonal. Impersonal understanding, that is a very muddled understanding. It's not, in one sense, it's not incorrect. In as much as the Supreme Absolute Truth is all-pervading, but only to understand his all-pervading without understanding his personal form, his personality, is a very muddled, incomplete misunderstanding. Just like if you say, if you try to understand the sunlight, but you don't understand the sun, if we think that the sunlight is simply automatically manifest, but we don't understand the sun, or if we have a misunderstanding about the sun, just like some aboriginal tribes, they used to think that a new sun is born every day, and at the end of the day, dies, and a new one is born every day. So it's uh, some understanding is there, but it's so much misunderstanding as to be virtually useless or very incomplete knowledge. So very uh, so much misunderstanding. That way you can you can't properly get benefit from this. Real understanding of the sun is that not even that the sun is a great globe, but within that globe there is the sun god. So followers of the Vedic culture, they worship the sun god and get benefit from that. But then even beyond that understanding is that the sun god is a servant of Lord Krishna. So in this way, Krishna should be understood in full, fully, as much as, as is possible. It's not possible to fully understand Krishna. We should understand the science of Krishna. It's when we have these classes of the Vedic which are meant for those who are serious to understand God. By understanding this knowledge of Krishna, then you become free from material attraction. You become free from this material world. Therefore we have these classes. And the important point to understand, Krishna is the supreme personality of God. Person. He's a person. Just like you are a person. I'm a person. We have likes, dislikes. First, he has friends, enemies. Not that he makes enemies, but some people, they decide to be his enemy. So like that, Krishna is the supreme person. Practically this one point we have to understand. Krishna is the supreme person. I am his servant, and my only business is to serve him. So you will be pleased, because he's a person. This is the process. Sacrifice is meant for pleasing. Lord Narayan. Practically, the proper result of sacrifice cannot be had unless we understand this. If we think that sacrifice is offered to some impersonal, absolute, then the proper result of the sacrifice can be had. Because the real result of the sacrifice will be to satisfy our vision. So, as Prabhupada was stressing, in previous sacrifice in the modern age can be performed by chanting the holy names, by taking part in the Sanghita. That will satisfy the Hare Krishna. Any question or comment? Hmm. Yes, um, how does like a, a person reading all these different scriptures know who's, who's, who's even Krishna? Like, he's been, even in the, the official Puranas, you know, sometimes if you show this groundwork. How can you know? You don't just read. You're saying, how can a person who's just reading all these scriptures know what is the actual point? But the, the, 
That's the point. The scriptures, I mean, you don't just read the scriptures. You don't pick it up like some novel, like some detective novel or some cowboy story. You don't just read the scriptures. Scriptures are not meant for just reading. Scriptures are meant to be studied under an acharya who trains one in the proper understanding. That is the system to understand. Otherwise, by just reading, then you become maximal master. You can't understand. Or you become insane. There's so many. That's the disease of the modern age. Everyone wants to just read and make their own their own misinterpretation. These scriptures they have to be understood by studying under professor means acharya. Then it can be understood. That is the system to read. Actually, the scriptures are not meant so much even for reading, it's for hearing. It means to hear. Then you can understand. Hearing has to be by proper process also. It's also not just like you you listen to some music for entertainment. Or you you listen to it when you want to, and the other time you don't listen. There's a science of understanding the Vedic knowledge. One has to become a student. Just like, how can you understand? Just when you pick up a medical book, can you understand? Just by reading? No. You have to be trained. You have to enter the medical college. You have to do your, you have to work damn hard to become a qualified doctor. You have to follow the process. You have to please the medical professors. If you don't please them, they'll fail you. Similarly, you have to study, undergo the discipline, and you can understand. Not otherwise. You can even you can read the medical book and you can amass knowledge about this about medical science by reading. That doesn't mean you understand how, how to apply it practically in your life. So similarly you can read the Vedic literature, so you can read Prabhupada's books and you can amass knowledge about it. It doesn't mean you understand. It doesn't mean that you're advancing towards the goal of love of Krishna simply by reading. Hmm. In, in, in many places, in, in, in all the Puranas, sometimes um, Vishnu is like seen worshipping like maybe Shiva, sometimes also worship Shiva. Sometimes Vishnu is obeisance to Shiva and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, like, how do you define this, you know, the supreme God, Vishnu, worshipping the figure of the mind and the deities? The same point, you, you study. You, you accept the discipline, you accept the process, then you can understand all those things. Otherwise, if you simply make some, uh, you simply make some intellectual study, then you can't understand. Bhaktya Bhava Vijayanata, Krishna says in Gita, he can be understood by the process of devotional service. If you make a, if you make a comparative study from the intellectual point of view, you won't understand. Yeah, that means by following the process of devotional service. Then it can be understood. And then we have to see what is the goal of all the scriptures, what is the what is the ultimate conclusion? That is given by the Acharyas. That is given in Gita, that is given in Bhagavata. So everything must be understood within that context. By intellectual adjustment you have always remained in the 
हरे कृष्ण श्रीमद्भागवतम की जय श्रीलोक की जय